Amen. Hallelujah. So this morning, I am super excited. Um, someone very dear to me um, is speaking, and I love her so much. She's like one of my bestest friends. And come on up, Lori. And Lori is amazing. How many know? She is amazing, and she is an amazing teacher. So I know today that you guys are going to be so blessed. And the things that she sees in her life, the supernatural things, the people getting healed, people getting set free of PTSD and all of these things, testimonies um, that is part of her life, um, it just makes you love her more. So with no further ado, Lori, take it away. Thank you, Miss Kelly. You are very dear to my heart, too, and just thank you for uh, your friendship and for um, allowing me today to to share what uh, God's put in my heart. And uh, Pastor Jim, that includes you too. Thank you for your friendship and the opportunity. Appreciate it. And uh, I love Faith Chapel. Love y'all. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glad to be a part of this body. Uh, you know, it was said this morning how uh, this is a special place. It really is. You know, um, it's just not the ordinary church. You know, it's 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 supernatural. God moves here. God comes here. God loves this place. I do too. So, Pastor Jim has been teaching on the book of Galatians, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, go... Uh, a chapter deeper into it, and uh, first of all, I'm going to just, uh, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, and thank you to the online audience, too, the people who are watching live, and the people that will be watching in the future, uh, bless you, and uh, thank you for coming. So, um, Pastor Jim has done a really good job on the first couple chapters of Galatians. He's a a great teacher. And uh, first week he talked about Judaizers who were legalistic people. And uh, they were uh, were convinced that there were certain Old Testament laws, specifically circumcision, that were still binding. And their reasoning for that was that they felt like the promises of God only extended to the Jews. And um, they didn't deny that you had to come to God through faith or that justification was through faith, but not faith alone. It was inadequate. That was what they, you know, were propagandizing. But along comes fiery Paul, burning Paul, Paul the myth buster, and Paul the defender of the gospel. (laughs) And, you know... He is up in arms about this, you know, and he has some strong words, and he spends most of the, the first part of the book of Galatians defending the gospel because he cared about the gospel. He wanted it to be the truth of the gospel, and he wanted it to be the, true, uh, the pure gospel, the simple gospel, the gospel that he preached, the gospel that... Uh, brought him into the kingdom, the good news that he heard and the good news that he'd been preaching. And um, so the first thing Paul does, and I am going to open up to the book of Galatians. I am not electronic today. I am paper. Yay. (laughs) 
Okay, Galatians through. Uh, actually, I'm going to just tell you what it, it uh, in in the in the first book of Galatians, Paul. You know, he starts out not only defending the gospel, but he defended his own position and his his calling and his apostleship. And he said, "I did not become an apostle through man. It wasn't a call from man. A man didn't appoint me to the office that I'm in." It was God. God called me to the office I'm in. And he said that uh, the gospel that he preached, it didn't come from men. He didn't get it from the other apostles. Uh, He got it directly from God. It was by revelation that he got the gospel that he preached. As a matter of fact, when he first got saved, he didn't confer with any men. He went into uh, he went into the uh, quiet place for three years, and he had time alone with God. Even though he was preaching the gospel immediately, even though he was preaching the Christ immediately, he got he had time alone with God. And it was after three years he finally conferred with some of the other people, and it was only for fifteen days that he met with Peter, and. Uh, uh, then 14 years later, because he had heard about, you know, the Judaizers, these legalists, and he, he wanted to make sure that the gospel he was preaching, you know, that he was running his race and it wasn't in vain. So he went down and he had a private meeting with the, uh, the leaders of the church, you know, and uh, he preached his own gospel, what he had been preaching to the Gentiles. And when he got done telling them the message that he was preaching, they gave him the right hand of, of fellowship. They said, yeah, Paul, you're called. I mean, you can see the calling is on you. You're called to the, the Gentiles or the uncircumcised, just like Peter is called to the circumcised or the Jewish people. Uh, so uh, he was confirmed by them. Uh, so so the, the, the defense that he was giving, you know, he's saying that justification is by faith and faith alone. Now, justification, as Pastor Jim explained, means that you're, you're justified. It's just as if you've never done anything wrong. Your sins are washed away. You become righteous. Uh, yeah, uh, Scripture says that uh, we become the righteousness of God, you know, through faith in him. And uh, so I'm going to start in Galatians 2.20. Even though Pastor Jim ended with this last week, I'm going to start with it this week. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I live now in the flesh, I live by faith. In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul is talking about a before life and he's talking about a now life, the life that he's living now. You know, a lot of times you see Paul say, I once was this, but now this. And all of us have a before life. At one time in my life, this and this and this was present. But now I'm free. Now that is the farthest thing from my mind. And I, and I have a testimony. My life was something else before Christ. And as, as I do this walk of faith, see, this is, this is a faith walk. We walk by faith. And um, as we walk by faith, we're growing 
there's a process that's going on, and there's something that happens when we become born again. It's a new life. We become a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, and new things, and, and everything becomes new. So there's something supernatural that happens. The person I was before is no longer the person I am now. And when I was born again, there were things that just fell off of me. I came into Christ, and I, you know, the first thing that happened was I just became in love with Jesus and became in love with God. And the things that, I, that used to thrill me no longer thrilled me. You know, I, I, I used to go after certain things that I know it was like, whoo, that doesn't feel right anymore. You know, that's not the way I go. And I used to be pretty free about, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I think some of the, in the earlier days of my Christianity, I, I had a, you know, I had a foul mouth, but I, I had a mean mouth, you know. And I would tell you, if I didn't like something you were doing, I would tell you, I I would just like mouth off to you and just tell you what I thought and I didn't care how you felt about it and you know I was being honest and truthful but you know all of a sudden now something's happened on the inside of me Christ is in me you know and he didn't feel that way about people he doesn't feel like you have to like point out the things that are wrong to other in other people's lives you know and I would do or say something like that and on the inside of me it would be like you know, God would say something like, you shouldn't talk to people like that. And it would break my heart. It never broke my heart before. That, I mean, I felt free to do that. I felt right and I felt justified. And now this is the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in me. You know, and that's just one example of what, you know, this ongoing work. Paul talks about a work that happens in the beginning. There's a beginning of of your Christianity. Unless a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. But God says that when one is born of the Spirit, they become spirit. He says that we're like the wind. We're just like the wind. You can see where they come from, where, but we don't know. We, we can't see where you're going, but you're like that. You're like the wind. Nobody can really get you that doesn't know God. I mean, <laughs> you know, yesterday I was on the phone with a, a friend of mine, and both of us had stuff going on in our life that was kind of not that good, but, I mean, we just, I mean, we were laughing about it. And, you know, I mean, I was laughing about her situation and my own situation, and we're just cracking up over it. And I go, we must be, you know, something must be wrong with us. I said, or something must be right with us. I said, we must really be walking by faith if we're, we've got all this stuff going on and we're still laughing. You know, but see, that's, that's the new creation. And uh, I'm going to uh, read to you from Romans 6, verse 4 and 5. It says that we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should walk in this newness of life. So there's a new creation. Something happened on the inside of us. We're new. And there's this new life that we're supposed to walk in. And the next verse says, If we have been united together with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So I was dead. I once was dead to God. 
And I was alive to myself. I was alive to sin. I was alive to a lot of things. But I died, like Pastor talked about, we get in that in that baptismal tank and we go under the water and there's a death that happens. That person I was died, but there's more than just dying. There's this resurrection. We come up out of the water and just like Jesus came up out of the grave, he was really dead. Do you know he really was dead? He was dead in his spirit, soul, and body. He was even separated from God. He was completely dead and three, you know, he's in the grave for all those days. He goes down into the uh, into the lower parts of the earth. Uh, Bible refers to as a prison, and and he, you know, he does all this stuff. He takes the keys, but he comes up, and he was really alive again. He was really dead, and he was really alive. And we were really dead, and we are really alive. We were never dead in the body, but we were dead in our spirit, in our man. We were blind to the things of God. We were blind to the truth, but now we've been set free, and now we have a resurrection life that we can walk in, and we do it by faith. I mean, there's times that God wants us to think about things. I mean, do you think about the resurrection? Do you think about the resurrection that happened in you? Do you chew on it? He wants us to chew. He wants us to meditate and ponder the things that have happened to us. And if you're not happy and you start thinking about how God raised you from the dead, how you used to be that, and now you're not that, I'm telling you, joy, joy, joy is going to start coming up in you because it's really true. (laughs) We really are born again. So now I'm going to go ahead to chapter 3 of Galatians. And Paul starts off by asking some questions. You know, good teachers ask questions. God asks questions. But you know, God doesn't always ask a question because he wants to know the answer. He asked Adam in the garden. He goes, <laughs> he goes, where are you, Adam? Do you think he didn't know where Adam was <laughs> in any way? I mean, he knew where he was physically, spiritually, and mentally. He knew where Adam was. Adam was ashamed. He was hiding, and he just blew it, and he knew it. <laughs> and, and he asked questions like this. Is there a bomb in Gilead? Well, the answer is yes. But God sometimes asks us questions because you know, he wants to, us to locate ourselves. He wants us to be aware of some things. And teachers will ask us questions because they want us to think. You know, God wants us to think about things. He, we're not, it's not a mindless gospel. It's not a mindless salvation. God wants us to ponder and chew and think and come to conclusions. He wants us to understand some things. And so Paul, being the teacher that he is, he starts asking questions. And the design of the question was so that the people of Galatia would um, think. In verse 2, chapter 3, he says, This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So, do you remember when you received the Spirit? 
<laughs> I remember when I received the Spirit. I remember the, the, the first receiving of the Spirit when I became born again. When you receive Christ, you receive the Spirit. And I also remember when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I remember a lot of other times being refilled with the Holy Spirit, which is something I like to do quite, quite often. <laughs> and I hope you do too. But think about Paul, you know, his first experience. You can read about it in Acts 9. So he, he's, he's walking on the road minding his own business. Actually, he wasn't really minding his own business. He was uh, minding what he thought was God's business because he was in the dark. He was blind and he was unsaved. And uh, he was persecuting the church. He was, you know, gathering up Christians because, you know, they were preaching this gospel and he was not for it at all. And he thought he was doing a fa God a favor by putting Christians in prison. And so he's walking along, not minding his own business, and suddenly a light from heaven shines on him, and he falls to the ground, and, and the, a voice comes from heaven. It says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, it was, And he says, who are you, Lord? I mean, he was smart enough to know this was the Lord speaking to him. And he knows it's the Lord, and Jesus identifies. He says, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now, was Paul persecuting Jesus, or was he persecuting the church? He was persecuting the church. He was, he was persecuting the people who were born again, who were preaching the gospel. And, and so, you know, now Paul's having a uh-oh moment. He's going, oh, buddy, I've been doing the wrong thing here. You know, I mean, you can imagine what's going through uh, Paul's mind at this point. And now uh, the Lord tells him, get up, go into Jerusalem, and I'm going to send somebody to you. And in the meantime, you're going to be blind. In, do you ever wonder why God blinded, you know, him? I think, I think it was kind of like a prophetic act. He's like, you've been blind for a long time, and now you're going to see how blind you really are. <laughs> and so he had to be led. You know, here's the thing. He had to be led into the city. You know, uh, he couldn't see anything, and so the people who were with him who also heard the voice, you know, they were probably pretty freaked out too. And so, you know, he's led into the city, and uh, a man named Ananias comes to him, lays hands on him, and uh, he receives the Holy Spirit, and from then on, he was preaching Christ. But there was a before, and there was an after. And when, when he received the Spirit, it wasn't because he was doing good works, was it? <laughs> Were you doing good works when you received Jesus the first time? <laughs> no. <laughs> good answer. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, next question in verse 3, 3-3. Three, three. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? So again, he's talking about uh, a before and an after, a beginning. There's always a beginning of our, of our Christian life, right? When we come to Christ, when we say yes to Jesus, when we realize our need, when we realize, you know, I, I think when I came to Christ, uh, some of us 
are a little harder and more stubborn than others. And it took a great falling in my life for me to begin to look up. I mean, I really had to get to some low depths before I was ready to say yes to God. I I mean, I felt God pulling me from the time I was seven years old. There were different things pulling me at this Baptist church when I was forced to get on this bus and go to this Baptist church as a teenager. I could feel Holy Spirit pulling me, and I'm just like, no, no, no. You know, I didn't want to get in that baptismal tank. I was sure that white gown was going to fly up and everybody see everything. And that was my reason at that time. But really, it was, you know, just a lie bringing me, you know, keeping me from there. And, and again, there was, a, there was CYO, Catholic Youth Organization, whom I was their nemesis, kind of. They let me come all the time. But whatever topic they brought off, I was the anti-topic. I, I was if they were talking about abortion I was I was saying how wrong they were and it's not a baby it's just you know uh, uh, that's who I was that's not what I believe now though <laughs> different person now uh, but I was blind too and so uh, I'm going to read from Philippians 1 6 too. Uh, Paul says in Philippians he says being confident of this very thing He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. So there's that initial beginning work of Christ, that uh, regeneration, that washing of rebirth and regeneration of the spirit that happens. But the Bible talks about this continuation, this moving forward, this completing, this moving on to perfection. It talks about growing and becoming something because it's not over at the beginning the beginning is the beginning right (laughs) and then you move forward okay and uh i think i skipped a page in my notes all right here we go so I'm going to go back to Galatians in verse 6, 3, 6. So he's talking, oh, I skipped 5, I'm going to read that first. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So that's part of the continuing of the, the um the continuing life. He starts doing things through you. He starts doing miracles among us. We start getting healed. We start getting revelations. We start getting dreams and visions. We start having words come to us that encourage people. There's a work that starts happening. Miracles, all these things, these signs and wonders, they follow the people that believe. It's true. It's true. (laughs) And so in verse 6 of Galatians, he says, and and the answer to these questions, I mean, it's obvious. Did he do miracles because we followed all the rules? Or did he do miracles because we heard something, we believed it, and is that how it happened? And obviously, it's the second. Okay, and then, And then he takes it from there, from believing, and he takes an example out of the Old Testament. He takes a person and uses him as an example. 
uh, Abraham. He goes, just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteous. And I'm going to go back, and I'm going to turn to Genesis 15, 6. I'm going to spend some time on, uh, on Abraham because he is a great example of faith. Now, Abraham was an obedient person. God called him out of his hometown, out of her. Is it Ur or her? I think it's Ur. <laughs> he called him out of Ur. I could look in the Bible, couldn't I? <laughs> he, he told him to get out of his own country and uh, away from his family and from his father's house. And then God made a promise to him. He started making promises to him. He said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. Do you know what blessing is? He said, I mean, we say the word, I will bless you. Or we say, I'm blessed. Two people today said to me, you know, it, it's like all the people that talked to me this morning all said these key words for my message to me. And that was one of them, the word blessed. You know, how are you doing? I, I, I actually asked the lady in the bathroom because... I knew she always says this when I ask her how she is. She goes, I'm blessed. I said, I knew she was going to say that. <laughs> and then someone else said, you're blessed to me. I'm like, okay, there it is. All right. So he said, I will bless you. And uh, I like the Amplified Bible because it takes a word and it, it amplifies it. It makes it bigger than than, you know, just the plain old word. And it makes me think, it makes me ponder, it makes me meditate about things, you know. But it says, blessed, happy, to be envied. You know, it says all these things about blessed. And so when, when we're saying that he's blessed, we're saying more than just, you know, we got we to gotta take in the context of it. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Well, he did make Abraham a great nation, uh, a physical nation, Israel, and he also, we're, we're, you know, we're sons of Abraham. We're going to read that later in, in Galatians. We're sons of Abraham, and uh, we're people of faith. So we are part of the nation. You know, he was promised descendants. He was promised a child. He was old, and he didn't have a child. He was promised a child. He, he said that uh, out of his loins was, was going to come so many people that uh, you couldn't even number them. And God gave Abram a picture. He said, look up at the stars and see if you can number them. That's a lot. You can't number the stars. I mean, even scientists, they can only estimate the number of stars. But, you know, uh, well, we won't get into a diatribe about <laughs> counting the stars. But, you know, you look away for a second and you say, where was I? Let's start over, you know. <laughs> Especially on a summer night, you might do it that way. But um, I'm going to keep reading about this. He said, I will make your name great. This is a blessing. He was going to make Abraham's name great. He was going to make him famous. And we're not out to be famous. But when somebody says, hey, do, do, you, know, uh, do you know Joe? Oh, yeah, he's great. That guy does so much for the church. He does, you know, he, he's always given. He's this, he's that, you know. Your name is going to be great when you're blessed by God. People are going to have a good taste of you. It's, you know, when they leave your presence, they're going to say, man, that person's great. 
You know, it's not like we're seeking after greatness, but because he blesses us, we become a blessing, and we're going to read that. Uh, and you shall be a blessing. It's the next thing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the family, 